five in the eye with Michael and Phil. It's news, but is it new? Hello, and a very warm welcome to Five in the Eye. I'm Phil Woodford. You're listening to Colourful Radio, and this is episode 0336 of our weekly news review show. And I'm, I'm joining Phil via Zoom this week. It's me, Mike Lohajura, revealing that our top story is a report that vacuum manufacturer Dyson has apparently been encouraging its staff to come into the office, even though government advice is for them to stay at home because of the Omicron variant. Shouldn't we all be more careful in the run-up to Christmas? Live in the eye. For our second story, we're delving into the world of DNA testing and the way it might be used to cure disease. American company 23andMe now has a database of genetic information second only to Ancestry.com and the Chinese government. What's story number three? We enter the world of non-fungible tokens. Non-fungible what? (laughs) You may ask. Well, don't worry. I will explain. One of them should have been sold for $300,000 recently, but was mistakenly given away for just $3,000. And for story number four, we celebrate the woman in India who has learnt to read at the age of, wait for it, 104. It's a brilliant story. And finally this week, it's Advent calendars. If there's a chocolate missing, or perhaps one that's below par in terms of size or quantity, or quality rather, people are quick to complain. We'll open the door on that particular story right at the end of the show. But for now, that's this week's Five in the Eye. Five in the Eye. And we're going to kick off this week with, there was a report in The Guardian about Dyson, the uh, the vacuum manufacturer, uh, putting pressure on staff to come into the office, even though the government had said um, from Monday, we should all be working from home where possible. Now, that wasn't made the law um, as it was in some parts of the pandemic, but it was guidance from the government. And we know that the Omicron variant is incredibly infectious. Uh, So the idea that this big company was pressurizing people to basically ignore good health advice seemed rather odd. Um, And it ties in more generally, Michael, with that kind of sense of unease that a lot of us have now about what we should do and what we shouldn't do. Um, We we know that um, Boris Johnson's authority in this matter is rather limited after all the scandals regarding parties at at number 10 and so on. But Chris Whitty, the chief medical officer, is obviously very, very concerned about Omicron. Is it going to change your plans for Christmas, Michael? And well, uh, what did what did you think about Dyson telling people that, well, you know, don't worry too much about it, just come on in? Well, it certainly changed my plans for Christmas. I was going to get, I was, I'm going to have tea with my nieces and nephews tomorrow in Liverpool. That's been that's been cancelled. Because this Dyson story, it troubled me, Phil, because I thought Dyson was one of our leading country companies. You know, he's one of the richest men in the country. His, his technology is just, I think, brilliant. But his approach to this um, pandemic is not, um, I don't think it's quite right, because he's saying to his staff, you've got to come in. When the government is advising, work from home if you can. And you know, the sad thing about this is this guy's got previous you know, because um, um, when, the, when the lockdown was on, he, he was ordering his staff to come in. But there was a revolt 
And they said, we're not going to come in. I need to reverse the decision. So I find it really disappointing that one of our leading com- com- companies could take such an approach. Let, let, let me let me you know, put a sort of slightly let me put a slightly controversial point to you though, Michael. You know, we 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 have all this requirement to work from home or the guidance to work from home, but going to a party, that's all right. Going to a football match, that's okay. I mean, nothing about this makes much sense, does it? No, you're right. You're right, and I think those are the things where you've got personal responsibility. But in, in, a, in running the company, there are other people responsible for putting that company together and getting people coming to the office. And this thing, you know, I, I think we've we've lost our um, our focus. I think there's as, as as a group of people because the, the word is it's not going to kill you if you've got the three vaccines, you've got the three um, the three the, the two jabs and the booster. It's not going to kill you. Well, your chances of being hospitalised are much reduced, and and, and equally your your, your um, your, 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 your chances of a, of death are reduced, but still, nevertheless, there. You know, there was almost a thousand at the, at the heights in, in January without dying from uh, COVID, and now it's it's it's, it's only that. Yeah, I, I use that with only in a guarded sense, a hundred or so, and we think that it's 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 safe to go out. Yeah, it's almost become normalised, hasn't it? I mean, you know, there is something a little bit odd, though, about all the figures that are banded about, because yesterday um, the the total uh, for positive corona cases was about 88,000, which is the highest we've seen in the whole pandemic. And those figures would be alarming. But Sajid Javid at the beginning of the week was actually talking about maybe 200,000 people a day catching omicron but, 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 and they're not they're not being picked up in no, the they're not being picked up in these official figures are they no well, well, well first the wave is not over yet it's going to mm. get it's going to grow and I, I was just shocked to see the r factor because the r factor you know, that dropped from the headlines over the summer because mm. it fell below one for this for this particular version of of coronavirus the r factor is five mm-hmm. so that's how you get that exponential growth but not just yeah. not just doubling every day. So that means that for, for every one person that's infected could infect up to five other people. That of course is an average. And we also know with coronavirus, you get these super spreaders who who for whatever reason are spreading it liberally to a lot of, a lot more people, particularly at events and so on. So I mean I think um, you know, difficult to to imagine, isn't it? But wouldn't the responsible thing for the government be to say, look, we've got to get these boosters into people. As you say, the boosters give you the the, the, the best possible protection. We've got to get the boosters in there. Should we not have some kind of circuit break, some kind of lockdown whilst we're doing the boosters? Because we're allowing this bug to kind of just get out of control. It takes about 10 days for the booster to start kicking in we've got to get through so many of them haven't we uh, have we lost our ability now to say we're going to shut society down well, that's a political decision what what they have given us is the tools and the information to decide you know so that we, you know, we work from home if you can if you can work from home it makes sense yes you can go to the theater you can go to the pub but does it make does it make sense for you thinking about your circumstances the people you work with, the people you know, the, the people you're going to spend Christmas with, you know, the Queen, she's 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 reviewing her stuff, she's she's cancelled things, 
You know, she, there's not been mandated. She's not, that she's she's not do blowing it. you out again, has she, Michael? No, not quite. So not quite. So for me, I thought Johnson blew it in terms of telling us, and he should have just given us the tools and talked about. We really urge you, as as Witty did, as Witty says, as Witty said, he urged you to to stay at home, you to, you know, to reduce your contacts. You know, we're not the nanny state anymore. We're through that now, but in in, in making it mandatory or, 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 or stressing it, it people misinterpret it. And does the government tell us what to do? A lockdown, lockdown, lock, another lockdown. And I, I, I'd say it could be different. You've got choices here. You can decide what, what, what you want to do. And as a family, you can decide what you want to do. So I think you know, the government, they handle it wrong. But I think the where we are now, what we know now, gives us the, the, the information and the tools to make decisions that are meaningful for us and our family. Five in the eye. Story number two this week is about 23andMe. And 23andMe is the DNA company. And I love them because one of my superpowers is DNA goggles. The idea that I can look at you, I can tell. Oh, Eastern European, Southern European, ah, East African. And you're, from your DNA, I can see your, your composition. Because we're all complex. Nobody is pure. And this idea of race is a nonsense. But anyway, coming back to 23andMe, the story here, they've become spectacularly popular. Yeah, I sort of figure, I sort of figure one in five Americans have, have had the test to look at uh, to look at where they come from. So they've 23andMe have connected all this DNA data. As, as Phil said in the in the lead-up, there's um got the biggest data of DNA, bigger than China and uh, Ancestry.com. That's something like 11 million. And here's the rub. Then now you, you pay for that test, you know, you, you, and, and they send you back the information. But they also profile your, your, your DNA, your genetics, your genetic code. And they look at the, because you report the illnesses that you've had and, and your disposition. And from that, they can profile, profile you to create, and from information, be able to create drugs and drugs in a variety of of areas. So you're taking our information, your information you've supplied, and they're using it for uh, another purpose. This this is just like um, what Google did, what Google did. You know, we we think we're searching, but Google Google are harvesting the information to profile us. So that's what 23andMe are doing. And I... Does that mean you feel uncomfortable, Phil? Well, you know, there is an element of discomfort about it because, you know, let, let, let's think about it. Google, yes, uses the information we have and a lot of online tech companies like Facebook and the, 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 and the brands that these companies own. They, they are all gathering information about us. However, there has been a lot of backlash against that in, in, in recent times. And we know that uh, companies uh, like uh, Apple, for instance, um, have been uh, siding on, on, on the side of the iPhone user in terms of of kind of uh, blocking cookies and so on. Google is going to have to uh, accept to a certain degree that uh, the third-party cookies that are used to track us around the web are going to end on Chrome in 2023. So, yes, we've seen all this information gathered, but what I would say is there has been a societal conversation about it, and we've said, actually, there's a limit to this. The other thing, of course, is the information that's been gathered on our DNA is very, very personal, potentially sensitive, because it could tell people things about us that we 
actually would prefer to keep to ourselves about medical conditions and so on. Now, you could say, well, it's all anonymized and so on, and it's effectively the use of big data to, uh, to, to, to come up with, you know, using lots of people's data to come up with a cure, a big picture cure for something. But time and again, I've read articles which say, well, actually anonymized data is very easy in the wrong hands to turn back into data that can mm-hmm. be identifiable and so on. So, you know... Mixed feelings, I suppose, is what I would say. I kind of see this kind of thing as inevitable, but I'm not entirely comfortable with it. And I think there could be problems down the line. I, I see your concerns, for, but we live in a digital age now. You know, and these people who don't, who are nervous about sharing their email addresses with people uh, and for fear of being um, trolled or that kind of thing. You know, you only have to look at your mobile phone, the kind of profile stuff your mobile phone company has on you. We're giving information away all the time. So I guess it's a case of you've got to decide what you want to give away. Now, if you if you, do, if you want to give it, you want to find your DNA, then maybe this is a price you have to pay. Mm. You know, the your data is going to be it's going to well, be I mean, I, you know, I, I, you know, I I did I've done the ancestry thing. Um I just I discovered that I'm a lot more Irish and a bit more Jewish than I am English, and um that which is quite interesting because as someone who was born and raised in London. Uh, oh, come on, I've probably 44% about Brit- of London comes from somewhere else. Well, exactly. So yeah, I mean, this is, but it, 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 it's, on, it's not, it's not that surprising, I suppose, but, but it, it, it's, it's, um, you know, there's probably no one in many respects that would be kind of more British than me, given that I've lived all my life in London. And yet, and yet when you, when you, when you, when you start delving into the, when you start delving into your ancestry, you discover you are this, uh, weird product of all kinds of historical uh, historical trends and migrations and all kinds. Phil, I, I think you're a bit misguided there. You, you, you think there's a, there's a British genetic profile. You can put a mixture mm-hmm. of people, you know, Northern European, Sweden. You know, I, 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 people talk about the Angles, the Anglo-Saxons. Mm. It's a complex mixture. A complex mixture. The nearest that you can get to being British, you go to an area. And look, if, if if your grandparents are still living there, so you've been there for a couple of generations, but even then, you know, it, it's, it's time bound. Mm. So this is the idea of of a British genetic code. I think uh, I'm not. I don't believe. Yeah, so yeah. We 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 are. I guess the classic the classic melting pot, really. Um, and I, I, it was interesting. It, it was interesting to see it, and it's interesting to be able maybe to get in touch with people who. Uh, who are somehow related to you, uh, but it's not quite the same thing, is it? As maybe the thought that your medical profile is out there. I'm also a little bit uncertain. You know, in the future, this technology might be used. I feel to say, look, okay, we've done the test on you, Michael, and you have a tendency towards this kind of disease or condition. It might develop in ten years' time or something like that, and. Um, if there's no cure for it, do you want to even know that kind of that kind of stuff? That, that, that's a complex question. That we'll come back to that because you 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 got life insurance. I I do have a life insurance policy, yeah. Because yeah. I, I I think you know because I've got a mortgage and yeah, exactly exactly you, you're protecting your 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 family and people. God forbid should you go. Mm. But it built into that mortgage is your profile, your DNA profile. The, the, the actuaries are looking at death rates of people of your age and background and coming up with a percentage chance of death. And then 
and in turn a, a premium mm-hmm. rate for you. Mm-hmm. So these things have been built in already in terms of your your, your profile. Maybe wouldn't there's a possibility that you could get a, a better premium because you may be going to live longer because you haven't got any of these bad diseases. Mm-hmm. And would you want to know that? Well, yes, but the reverse could also be true. <laughs> exactly. So it, it, this, this is an ongoing debate. And I, haven't, I, haven't, I must look into it. Maybe, as I say, we'll come back to some family. This idea, because your DNA can, uh, can almost profile you. Then I look at, look at my father in terms of the diseases he had. And my mum, you know, she had Alzheimer's. My dad had Parkinson's. So genetically, I would seem to be dis... dis, dis I can say the word. Predisposed. <laughs> film, my teeth have gone. You have a predisposition. Oh, yeah, I have a predisposition to those diseases, and, and should that, so should that be deflected in reflected in the insurance I can get? So these these are the, these are the issues they want us want us to address. If you're going to go down that route, so and I don't think we as as a society want to do that. In the same way, we haven't defined people as British by a series of genetic um, mixtures of, uh, of 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 various genes. It says you're British, stop on a word. Five in the eye. Story number three this week. Um, Michael, you're not a member of the, the Board Ape Yacht Club, are you, by any chance? Because this, <laughs> this is a bizarre, bizarre idea. There's a collection of um, uh, images that depict um, uh, apes with different traits and traits and visual visual attributes okay is how it's described in the media and you're they're like works of art effectively um cartoonish works of art and you can collect them as non-fungible tokens and uh, these nfts are built on blockchain technology which is the same kind of stuff that drives bitcoin and ethereum and these um the the, the these cryptocurrencies as they're called um there was um one of these uh one of these pictures was supposed to go for um three hundred thousand dollars and um, because of a, what they call a fat finger error, which is where you're entering the wrong thing on a keyboard, it was sold for only three thousand. Um, now, am I understanding this right, Michael? I mean, have, is my explanation up to up to scratch? You, you, you're much more into this all this crypto weirdness than I am. Tell tell our listeners what you know about all of this. These so called non fungible assets. This is unique items that are not not reproducible. You buy this asset, it's not reproducible in terms of no one else can own this thing. But people can copy it. And you know, there's uh, this um, board ape, there's 10,000 different permutations of this board ape. So this is a fantastic business. So you produce this bit of this so-called digital asset, and then you, you sell it as an NFT. And you and you, you can continue to sell signed original copies of the uh, of the um, of the uh, original artwork, but the actual NFT, that digital copy, is yours and, and yours in perpetuity because it's into the blockchain, which is the bedrock of uh, of cryptocurrencies. So it, it, it's 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 the ego of ownership that you you have here, and this goes back to you know these vended objects. You know they take the they take their value in their price. They take their value in the digital price. This wonderful digital price. So it's um it's weird. <laughs> it's, it's weird. I mean, do you, do you think that you know a five in the eye episode could be 
an yeah, NFT, yeah, an yeah, NFT, yeah. and then one Definitely. of our listeners could own, could own it. Um, yeah. You know, like like this episode zero three three six. Now people might think this is a particularly fine episode. They want to they want to be the exclusive owners of it, and they could buy it as an NFT, maybe for three hundred thousand dollars or something. What do you reckon? But boom, it's only possible. Do you know that, that there was a mem that went around the world of one, the two brothers when they were young, in the back of a car, and one started crying. Do you remember? They, they, oh, right, yeah, yeah. But they put a really dramatic face when he was crying. They they just sold that 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 that, uh, that video for fifty thousand pounds on the NFT for that for that for that video. It's a one-off. It's one aspect of the object. Well, in a in a sense, I understand that more because if something has been a meme and it's circulated around the web and everyone's talked about it, it's got a certain amount of cultural value attached to it. And I can I can sort of understand that more than I understand the Board Ape Yacht Club. Because what we're talking about what we're talking about is some reasonably decent kind of illustrations of monkeys. I mean how how on earth could they possibly be worth three hundred thousand dollars each? But you know it, it, it's all about value. It's how you value it, how you perceive it. It's like blockchain. I'm sorry, not blockchain, Bitcoin. What is what is the value in Bitcoin? Some people say it's scarcity, that eventually there's going to be a few of them. But there's no value behind it other than people's idea to want to have to own it. So it's, 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 it's what goes on in people's heads. What, what 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 about the the fat fingered element to this? Right, the the guy was hoping to sell it for three hundred thousand, and it went for three thousand, and then he kind of realised literally as he as he uh, placed it online, uh, he realised what he'd done, but it was too late because people were using technology that allowed them to take advantage of this. So it was snapped up for three thousand dollars, then resold for a quarter of a million dollars. Um, now, have you have you ever have you ever made one of those kind of mistakes, Michael? Where where something that should have been, you know, you should have brought you in a hundred quid, brought you in ten quid because you forgot a naught. Let, let, let me be upfront. A, a very practical one. My window cleaner is six quid, right? And, and I pay him online, yeah. And I I almost paid him six hundred quid this morning. <laughs> Christmas Christmas bonus. Yeah. Now, I, was, I checked before I sent it, but then I was sending that from to him via a bank. There's an intermediary, the bank, and I could have used the bank. Perhaps they could have helped me. I don't know. Although obviously they can't, but you know they could at least. As you got someone on your side trying to work with you, or trying to at least. Whereas in the internet and crypto, you are that you are your banker. Mm. So when you hit that button, it's gone. The only thing that can make it come back is goodwill. You know, yeah, I can phone the window clean up and say, look, I didn't send me to send me 600 quid. Send me six quid. Or, or, or you could say to him, will you do the next two years windows free? <laughs> well, that's a good point. It's a good point. But equally, you know, if, you sent, if I'd sent him six million, <laughs> yeah. that's, your bank, Swiss bank, that's your Swiss yeah. bank account, though. There's more security on that one. Exactly. The bank would have said, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> so no, crypto is is it is literally the wild west. <laughs> so, so the wild digital west. And it, but on the other side, it is quite secure. One, you know, the, the, those those transactions are secure when they go through. They are they are robust. They just they do take a little while to go through, but they do go through. But that's it. It's gone. You can't change your mind, and you can have you can have situations where the currency. 
you, you press the button and the currency is one price. When it gets to your account, another price, you know, things can go up as well as down. No, it, it, it's, uh, it's good fun. Good fun. But don't invest when you can't afford to lose. Five in the eye. Moving on to story number four. And this is a heartwarming story. A heartwarming story. This is a, a lady of 104 learning to read and write. And she, she was born into, this is in India, Kerala in uh, southwest India. She was born in a very low caste, and, was, and, and a woman, never, so she's never, she never got an education. But she saw her children being educated, and she saw them progressing in life. She said, well, I want a slice of that. She was interested. And her next-door neighbour, next-door neighbour said, I'll help you. And she, she, she reads the paper every day now. Every day now. She's starting to learn English as well. It's just, now, for, the reason it's hard woman, because we, we assume the default is, you know, we're literate, that you can mm. read and write. But here's a woman whose circumstance, her caste and her gender meant that she was never going to get educated. Yeah, I mean, so, it, 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 it's shocking. And we know, you know, when you think about uh, the situation in Afghanistan, of course, with uh, the Taliban there and uh, the, the fact that girls uh, in many regions are still not able to go to school since the um, uh, since the takeover and the, the American withdrawal. Uh, so this is a real live issue in countries around the world. I mean, I, lovely to see the fact that uh, she's enjoying reading about the world. Newspapers were something that she was particularly interested, I think, in in, in reading because she wanted to keep in touch with what was going on. She'd like five in the eye, this lady. I, I'm pretty sure, Michael, she'd like the idea of our weekly news review. Um, but, you know, it's hard to believe, isn't it, that um, that, that you, you can take on new stuff like this at such an advanced age. Now, obviously, you're not quite at that age yet, but you're approaching it. So, I mean, what kind of new, what kind of new things that you've never done do you think you might still embark upon? Well, I'm, I'm, I can things I don't want to do. But I don't want to parachute jump. I don't want to do that. I don't, you know, I, I, you know, that's a great question, that Phil, in terms of intellectual things. But I think because I've got the internet, I've got access to all the things I want to do. That's, that's a really boring answer, isn't it? Like, Phil, wake up, wake up. I'm, I'm, I've spoken. I mean, what Michael's basically <laughs> saying is like he's got Facebook and now, now he's fulfilled for life. <laughs> it's about getting your questions answered and getting the doing those things that you, you couldn't have access to with the internet, you know, the world is your oyster. You know, mm. it's, that, that, again, I'm sorry, I'm, I wish I could think of something really dramatic that, 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 that I'd want to learn to do. But no, I, I think... Well, full, full respect to this lady, Kutiyama, uh, from a place called uh, Thiruvanshore in Kerala, India, who's um, made this extraordinary... Uh, leap to reading and writing at the age of 104. Best of luck to her. Five in the eye. For our final story this week, uh, we're going to talk about advent calendars. Now, there were a couple of stories we noted of people being shocked, as Michael said. How would you say it in Liverpool, Michael? Shocked. 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 People being shocked, shocked when they opened their advent calendars to discover it wasn't quite what they expected. Now, one of these was from a company called Tony's Chocoloni. They'd left a window empty on the advent calendar, and it was designed to, to highlight uh, issues of uh, 
slavery and the fact that maybe not everyone in the world is able to share in um, the, the, the the joys of the festive season. So, so it was designed to be thought provoking. But to the people who bought it, it was a missing chocolate. There was also another case, which I saw in the Echo, your your local newspaper in Liverpool, Michael, of a of a mum who was complaining that the chocolates were so small in the uh, advent calendar that they'd bought. It was a Cadbury's one. And she actually pictured the chocolate alongside her little girl's toes. So you could see just how <laughs> tiny, it, just how tiny it was. Oh, so people, people expect value for money, don't they, out of their advent calendars? I, I think I think they're confusing two things here, Phil. The advent calendar is supposed to be a reminder of the build-up to the big day. You know, it's not about you and the size of your chocolates. It's just a small reminder, a point, you know, a point of reflection you know, on 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 uh, the, the month that we're in as to the, the birth of Jesus. And I found it really disappointing that parents were complaining. That this was it was it was it December the eighth or something it was empty. What they didn't say that December the ninth had that chocolate in, or so that the chocolate wasn't in the eighth; it was in the next one. Yeah, so they so were just pausing, pausing you to make you think a little bit, and they exactly. weren't de- exactly. they weren't deprived they weren't actually depriving you of the chocolate. Exactly. Of course, the Daily Mail saw this as a woke calendar. I, I, I saw that word. <laughs> I thought woke. You know, this is these these people um, are. Um, uh, people who concern about the, the, the Tony's Chocoloni, Tony's Chocoloni. They're, 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 they're a new age company in the sense they're concerned about the planet, their fur trading. They seem mm. like good people wanting to you know, do the mm. right thing. Um, and and they're, the, they're, they're being attacked by the male that is being woke because they're sensitive to the world around them in a way that the male doesn't approve of. I think we can safely say the male's not woke. <laughs> Having said that, this is the male being woke to the things that it doesn't like. Mm. That's what that's. We've had this one before. This is woke is in in its original sense, which just being aware of your environment for a survival point of view. Mm. In in terms of black black people, need to be woke to wherever they're going into certain parts of the country, certain parts in bars, certain parts of the town. You you have to be woke, you know, unless you 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 could get. um, seriously hurt so now at the daily mail it is, it's woke for its own purposes five in the eye well we hope you've enjoyed episode 0336 and phil and i are busy opening the doors of our five in the eye festival calendar and given our verdict on the chocolates it seems we have been very cheapskate <laughs> well you have you have phil yeah, I mean, these chocolates, I mean, they're really not big enough, Michael. Honestly, it's not value for money. Now, if you do want to uh, get in touch with us, please do visit the Five in the Eye Facebook page and join us again next time for our review of the news. For now, in London, this is Phil Woodford wishing you a safe and enjoyable week ahead. And this is me, Michael O'Hajura, saying, as ever, if you have been, thanks for listening. That's Five in the Eye, over and done, over and out, over and done for another week. Goodbye. Five in the Eye with Michael and Phil. It's news, but is it new?